0: This program is made possible by the giving of the God-Called Partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick.
1: Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner. And my friend, this week, we're answering questions that people have sent to me. We do this once a year, me and Joel. So, Joel, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dad. It's good to be with you. You know, on Monday, Joel, we talked about end time questions. I just love to discuss the end times. And my friends, I want to tell you, Jesus is coming. And Jesus is coming soon. We need to be looking for His return because it's right upon us. But then on Tuesday, what did we talk about? Ministry and church questions. Ministry and church questions, particularly how to get started in the ministry, what to do if you're in a church but you feel like you need to leave and go to another church, how do you leave a church to go to another church, what do you do if you're not in agreement with the leadership of the church, the way they're taking the church. Those are really important questions. Then yesterday random theological and doctrinal questions. It was really enjoyable. And today we're going to be looking at financial and giving verses. what does the Bible say about finances and particularly with an emphasis on giving. And I'm going to be answering your questions, but we're offering you the series, which is called Rick Renner Answers Your Difficult Questions. It's five parts and it comes with a great study guide. So you can read all of this why you're seeing it or hearing it. The reason we want you to have both is because when you hear it and see it and read it at the same time, you really get the teaching down deep inside you. And thank you for all of your response this week to let us know how you're enjoying these programs. And please reach out to us and let us know how to pray for you because we really are desiring to pray for you. When you reach out to us, we'll release our faith. Jesus will do what he does. He'll move in your life. And you will see results. But either call us or send us an email. But, hey, we'll be back in just a moment.
2: In many cases, Christmas has become the battleground in the ongoing culture war. Christmas has become happy holidays. And even the word Christmas has been canceled. In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick reminds us of the true reason for the season, the birth of Jesus. Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas the Rest of the Story invites you to explore the Christmas story as you interact with the story across nearly 300 decorated pages. With Rick's scholarly insight on the familiar story, you'll get a fresh, deep, and new understanding of the Nativity story and the powerful message of the Gospels. The Christmas story
1: is the most important story ever told. It is just miraculous. And with this wonderful, fully illustrated book, you will learn so much and you'll want to
2: share it with others. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you will receive the eternal story of Christmas. Now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake, bound in a landmark large format book, you can emphasize the true meaning of Christmas to your friends and family. This sweeping portrait of the Christmas story takes readers on an illuminating journey into that first holy night and ultimately the redemption story of God's love. Great as a gift or enhancing your own traditions. Pre-order the book today, Christmas, the rest of the story for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Get your copy today.
1: Today, we're going to be answering questions which you have sent to me about finances, but with an emphasis on giving. And I want to say thank you for your questions. Please send us additional questions, and we'll save them for when we do this again. But Joel, let's get started. Question number one. After I ask God for financial provision, and I'm waiting for it, what should I do while I'm waiting? What should you do while you're waiting? Will you keep sowing just like a farmer would do? You pull the weeds, you work the soil, you chase away the insects. But hey, I want us to begin by going to Galatians chapter 6, because really for me, it's the foundation of what the New Testament teaches about giving. And when you come to Galatians chapter 6, it seems at first, Joel, like there's a conflict in the Scripture, but there's not. For example, when you come to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, Paul says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, that word, bear, Means when somebody else in their personal life is under a really heavy load, rather than just look at them and say, That's so sad, we need to get under it and we need to help them carry that burden. And here's what people think is a conflict. Because then when you jump down to verse 5, Paul says, Every man shall bear his own burden. And this is very different. This word burden is the Greek word for tidzo, and it describes the backpack that was worn by every Roman soldier. It was his responsibility. It was his weight to carry, and he couldn't ask somebody else to carry his weight. Have you ever been at work and somebody wanted you to do their job when you already have enough to do by yourself? You already have a backpack. You don't need theirs too. That's what Paul is saying. Every Roman soldier was required to carry his own weight. He had a specific responsibility that he was charged to do, and he couldn't ask somebody else to do his Part. Then when you get into this text, he begins talking about giving. And in context, it means each one of us has a responsibility to give, and we can't expect somebody else to do our part. God expects each one of us to carry our load, each one of us to do our part. Then when you get down to verse 7, he says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And the word deceived describes somebody who has just bought the lie that this is a racket and this does not work. And in fact, the verse says, God is not mocked. Mocked means to turn your nose up at God as if to say, I've heard this before, it doesn't work. It works for others, but it doesn't work for me. And now Paul says, don't buy that line. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. His rules, his laws are not violated. And then he states a law In connection with giving. That's what he's talking about in this chapter. Every man doing his part, every man giving as he's commanded to give. And he says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. In context, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, Joel, you grew up in our house. You're my son. And you know I live my life by this verse. It may be the most guiding principle for my life because this verse says, Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And the Greek says, whatever. You can put anything in the blank. If you sow love, then you're going to get love. If you sow patience, then you're going to get patience. If you sow forgiveness, then when you need forgiveness, you're going to receive forgiveness. If you sow mercy, then when you need mercy, you're going to receive mercy. And if you sow money, you're going to get money. Whatever a man soweth. And the Greek tense says, whatsoever a man sows and sows and sows and sows and sows and sows, it doesn't describe what a person does once or occasionally, but it's what he does habitually as a part of his lifestyle. This is not just one who sows. This is a sower. He's constantly habitually sowing. And the Greek goes on to say, whatsoever a man soweth and soweth and soweth and soweth, that very same thing that he sows shall he reap, And guess what? The word reap agrees with the word sow. So you translate it, whatsoever a man sows 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 and sows and sows and sows and sows and sows that, shall he also reap and reap and reap and reap and reap and reap, which means our level of reaping is determined by our level of sowing you. sow once you're going to reap once. If you sow many times, you're going to reap many times. So if you want to live in a cycle of reaping, then you have to live in a cycle of giving because your giving determines the level of your reaping. Now, I live by this. This really determines how I financially give. It determines how I treat people in my relationships. If somebody's done bad to me, I forgive them. Because one of these days, I'm going to need to be forgiven, and what I do is going to be done to me. If somebody needs mercy, I give them mercy. Because if I give mercy, I'm going to be given mercy. It is a general law that applies to everything, including finances. But because it's a concept of sowing, which is agricultural, then you have to think about a farmer. When a farmer plants his seed, does he expect to come out and have a harvest the next day? No. Of course not. It takes time for a harvest. It takes time. So when you plant your seed, you need to water it with prayer. You need to hover over it. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit. You need to nurture it with water, just like you would a plant that's been planted. And as you nurture it, as you hover over it, as you remove all the weeds and chase away all the pests in prayer, that thing will finally begin to grow. Now, Joel, I want to tell you a story. Maybe you've heard me tell it before. But when I was a young man, we were city people, but we had a little piece of land that was available next to my daddy's garage. And I decided I was going to grow corn. Oh, I was so excited because I like corn on the cob. So I went out and planted my corn seeds Made, put them in a nice, neat, orderly row, begin to water them, and I just waited for them to pop up through the soil. And Joel, I got so disgusted waiting. One day, where are these plants? Two days, a week later, where are these plants? That's what people do when they give to God. I gave, why am I not getting the result? Well, I got so tired of waiting that I got a little spatula, And dug up the seeds to see if anything was happening. (laughs) And when I dug up the seeds, I remember thinking, what have you done? Because the seeds were sprouting roots and they were beginning to come up through the soil. And I destroyed my seed because I ripped them out of the soil. I should have been patient. And that's why the verse goes on and says in verse 9, Let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season... Due season, we shall reap if we faint not. There's a due season to every seed that has been planted, and God is the only one who determines that due season. Your job is to sow the seed. That can mean sow your finances, pray over it, pull all the weeds out of your own heart, which is your soil, chase away all the past, all the spiritual opposition, and belief for God to provide the water and the sunshine and the environment to make that thing grow. And in due season, the verse says, you will reap if you faint not. Well, I fainted and I lost my harvest. So you have to be patient. Harvests don't come instantly. And I want to show you another verse. You ready, Joel? Mm-hmm. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, a verse that people quote all the time. They even sing songs about it but they don't know what it means. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Cast thy bread upon the water, and thou shalt find it after many days. Prosperity preachers preach that. Pastors preach that. I've preached it. But you have to explain what it means. Where did that verse come from? What is illustrated in this verse? Cast thy bread upon the water, and thou shalt find it after many days. Well, here's where it came from. When the children of Israel were living in Egypt, Part of their job was to grow wheat. How did they do it? They would go up the Nile where the waters were flowing and they would throw their seed into the waters of the Nile. The waters of the Nile would carry it downstream to the Delta Nile, which was marshy. And over a period of time, the seed would begin to root and the seed would begin to grow. And the harvest happened in the Delta Nile far from where they sowed their seed. And in the same way, sometimes we give our money to the kingdom of God. It takes a while for it to go where it's supposed to go, to begin to take root and to produce a harvest. But if you don't put it in the currents, it's never going to get in a place where you're going to have a harvest. This is so very, very important. It took time. It took months for them to step into their harvest. And there's something else very important in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 2. Give a portion to seven, also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. What in the world is that talking about? Never stop giving. Maybe you're living in a good time right now, but you don't know what kinds of times are coming in the future economy. Be constantly giving right now. Give a portion to seven. Give a portion to eight. You don't know what's coming in the future, but if you're constantly casting your seed into the water, if you're planting your financial seed, it is a guarantee. It doesn't matter what comes on the earth. You're going to be living in God's economy, and you're going to be taken care of. Then, in verse 3, continuing about giving, it says... If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. Well, that's a scientific fact. Clouds that are loaded with moisture, rain. They pour rain upon the earth. That's science. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. There you have the law of gravity. Is the law of gravity ever denied? No. Never. And now... The Bible's telling us the law of giving is never denied, never. If you cast your seed into the water, it's going to carry it down. Eventually, you're going to produce a harvest. That law is never, never denied. The law of sowing and reaping is just as real as the law of gravity. And it applies to everything in life, how you treat others, what you do with your money, everything, everything is sowing and reaping, including your giving. And this is why your mother and I are givers and we taught you guys to be givers. Now we're teaching our grandchildren, you're teaching your children to be givers because we want to be planting all the time. Give a portion to this, give a portion to that. You don't know what's coming in the future, but if you're a habitual sower, it guarantees it doesn't matter if the whole economy collapses, you're going to have food on your table because you have a harvest coming to you. And the due season is determined by God. Does that help? I think so. Thank you. The next question says, Could there be instances where spiritual hindrances are holding back the provision? What do I do in that situation? Well, actually, I tell a story in my book called Dress to Kill, which is 30% off right now on our website, in which Denise and I really, we came to an inexplainable moment when we had no money. It's just like our resources just dried up. There was no explanation for it. And I didn't understand it was spiritual warfare. So I pulled out the calculator and I hung over that calculator and punched in all those numbers. It didn't matter how I punched them in. Red keep coming out on the other end. We were in a deficit and I did not know how to fix it. And every day I found myself praying about money, 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 money. You know, people say it's really bad to be rich. Rich people, all they do is think about money. It's worse to be poor. Poor people are in greater bondage to money than rich people. Rich people wonder where to invest it. Poor people just live in slavery to money. Where can I get more? They're constantly looking for more. And I was just in this horrible place. God, how am I going to pay my bills? And one day I lifted my hands and I spoke to the Lord. And I said, money, money. You would have thought it was God's name. Because when I lifted my hands, that's what was on my mind. I said, money. And the Lord said to me, Rick, you don't have a money problem you don't have a money problem. I said, what kind of problem do I have? He said, you do not have a money problem. I even got sarcastic with the Lord. I said, come on, it looks like a money problem to me. And the Lord led me to Mark chapter 5, where I saw that this was a problem of spiritual opposition. All of that is covered in this book, Dressed to Kill. Please get this book. And I learned that there is a moment When spiritual winds of opposition try to stop you from entering into your promise, and you have to take authority over it in the name of Jesus, and you can, we did, and when we finally got our eyes off the calculator, and we addressed the spiritual force that was resisting us, it left, and within a short time, everything was normal again. So yes, there really can be spiritual opposition in regard to your money. Next question. I've been extending my faith for God's provision in the area of finances. I know Rick Renner is not a financial expert, but with him having big dreams and starting at ground zero, could he comment on what the New Testament teaches about giving and finances? Well, I want to say, first of all, that when God has asked me to do anything, He has never first looked in my bank account to see if I had the money to do it. I have learned you don't need money. You need a word from God. And when you have a word from God and you obey it, obedience acts like a magnet. Joel, you've heard me say this for years. If you'll just obey what God has told you to do, your obedience will attract to you money like metal to a magnet. And I've learned through the years that if I don't have the money to do something God has asked me to do. Now, that doesn't mean you don't use your mind. We're very logical people. I think you know that by listening to our program. We're very logical. We're very reasonable. We look at everything. But my reason does not dictate what I do. If I know that God has spoken to me, I'm going to commit to do it. I'm going to step out in faith. When Joshua stepped into the Jordan River, it was at flood season. But it parted when he put his foot in the water. And I've learned that if I'll say yes to the Lord... And if I'll step forward by faith, when I put my foot in the water, the impossibilities will move and my faith will attract to me the resources I need to do the job. That's the way I've lived my life. I'm living in the midst of a miracle all the time because when you obey, it brings you what you need. Now, that doesn't mean you can't use a calculator. You should. It doesn't mean you can't figure things out. You should. But in addition to all those natural things, you need to understand what obedience does. God responds to obedience. And when you step out to say, yes, I'll do it, and you do it, your obedience will bring you what you need. That is so powerful. That's been one of the keys to our own ministry expansion. Joel? The next question is kind of off topic. Okay. But the question is, what is the RIV? What is the RIV? Well, people have been asking that question because I quote the RIV in a lot of my programs. The RIV is the Renner Interpretive Version. And we're calling it a version, not a translation, because the Renner Interpretive Version is not a word for word translation. It's what I call a conceptual interpretation. It goes into the original Greek words that are used in the New Testament. That was my training. And I mine out of those words all the various meanings, pull them into the text, a conceptual translation to try to get a fuller understanding of what's really being communicated in those verses to you and to me. Those verses are loaded. And as wonderful as the King James Version is, and I love to use the King James Version because it's just dear to me, it just doesn't convey everything that's in the text. So the RIV is designed to mine those concepts out of the Scriptures, pull it into a fuller interpretation, that's what the RIV is, and I'm working on it all the time. And, Joel, since you asked me that, I want to read something to you from A Life Ablaze. In this book, there's a whole chapter on giving. The chapter is called Ablaze with Generosity. Oh, it's so powerful. But listen to the RIV of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which says in the King James Version, But my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Here's the RIV. But my God will supply your needs so completely that he will eliminate all your deficiencies. He will meet all your physical and tangible needs until you're so full you have no more capacity to hold anything else. He will supply all your needs until you're totally packed full and overflowing to the point of bursting at the seams and spilling over. And who is that promise to? To the Philippians who were givers. Everybody claims it but it's not to everybody. That verse was specifically given to people who were givers. And if you are a giver, if you regularly sow of your finances, you can lay claim to Philippians 4.19. That is a verse for people who give or for people who are partners. It's yours. Joel. Wow, this has been so wonderful. Hasn't this been great, Joel? Yes, sir. What are we going to talk about tomorrow? Tomorrow we're going to talk about interrelational questions, including conflicts. Ah, interrelational conflicts, relationships. That's very, very important, something people struggle with. And actually, people have sent me some really good questions about this, and we're going to answer them tomorrow. But right now, my announcer is going to tell you how you can get all of our resources and more, and then Joel and I will be back to pray for you.
0: Once a year, Rick Renner takes a full week to answer difficult questions sent in from people who watch his programs. Rick dives deep into these questions to answer them as honestly as possible. People love these programs because Rick really answers the questions that they've been asking. In this series, Rick Renner answers your difficult questions. Rick answers questions like, why don't you use your platforms to address political issues? What do you believe is the biggest single challenge facing the church today and in the next years? What if I don't agree with the direction my church is headed? Do all the promises God spoke to Israel apply to believers today? Why are there four Gospels, and what is the difference between them? This eye-opening five-part series is available in digital or physical format starting at just $10. And right now, every regularly priced item in the online store is on sale for 30% off. That's right, every regularly priced item at renner.org is 30% off. And we're excited to also offer you Rick's beautiful new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, for a special new release price of $35. It's a book you will want to share with friends and family at this time of the year. This hardcover, 300-page, fully illustrated book is a keepsake that friends and family will pass on to future generations. Don't miss this special offer, This series Rick Renner Answers Your Difficult Questions, and the beautiful book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
1: Hey friends, this is Rick Renner. And today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you to reach out to us for prayer and for teaching, they can trust. Proverbs 10:21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building. And now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible, And by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. Well, today we've been talking about financial questions, giving questions, and I really hope this program has been a blessing to you. And Joel, thank you for being with me today. Yes, sir. Thank you for answering all these questions. I always enjoy being with you, and we enjoy being with you. And I want to remind you that we're offering you the series, which is called Rick Renner Answers Your Difficult Questions. Everything in these programs is in this series, which comes with a study guide. Please go online and order these things or just give us a call. And when you call us, please let us know how to pray for you. Or if you want to send an email, that's great. Send us your email. We'll get it very quickly. And the moment we get it, we're going to begin to pray for you. And you can always be sure that when you reach out to us, whatever you tell us remains confidential. It's between us and you and the Lord. And we're going to ask the Lord to hear us and answer and move mightily in your Life. But when we come back tomorrow, Joel says, we're going to be talking about interrelational issues, including conflicts. What do you do when you have a conflict with somebody else? What do you do? Well, the Bible gives us a lot of instruction. So, Joel, we're going to look at that tomorrow. It's going to be good. Yes, sir. I look forward to it. Please be with us, but please remember to let us know how to pray for you. And we want to pray for you right now. Joel, let's pray. Father, thank you for the law of sowing and reaping. Thank you that you've told us how blessing comes into our life. Lord, instead of us just waiting on the harvest, help us to be busy sowing, sowing, sowing to guarantee we're going to have a lot of harvests. And we thank you for the privilege, the privilege that you've allowed us to be partners with you by giving and seeing the Word of God and the gospel go around the globe. We thank you for this great privilege, and we lay claim to our harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow, but never forget Ecclesiastes 8.4, which says, where the word of a king is, there's power.